The information delivered through this program is provided as an educational resource only and is not to be used for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. If you require any form of professional support, please seek it out for yourself. Greetings, Abundant Seekers, and hello, Val. Hello, Blake. How are you? Good. I'm good. You? I am doing well. Have you got a beautiful day there in uh, Colorado? It's very, it's beautiful, but it's very windy. And when the wind comes, it's like a hot butter through knife. Or no, no, <laughs> I, that, I said that wrong. A hot knife through butter. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's where we're at today, mixing up the words. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, you know, beautiful. But, you know, Mother Nature is Mother Nature, and you always have to be prepared to have a late spring snow. Right. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful day, unseasonably for this early in April, actually. We often have winter full out at this time of year. So yeah. uh, we're very pleased. We got a day. We got the window open. Hello. It's been nice. a while since we did that. So, yeah. But we're not here to talk about the weather, much as we love to, like the old folks we are. <laughs> what are we actually here to talk about, Val? Today is a juicy one. I cannot wait to wrestle this down with you and our special guest star. But it is about, and it's a very popular culture thing, being your authentic self. Uh, what does that look like? How do you execute that? And I want to talk about when it crosses the line and people use it as an alibi for them to purely be pardon my language, an asshole. Ergo, Will Smith, I know everybody's talk, you know, sick of talking about it, but some would say, oh, no, but he was just being his authentic self. Mm -hmm. It's like the, um, you know, uh, the movie um, uh, <laughs> uh, where he goes, well, with all due respect, and then, and then, says something disrespectful. So I want to see what our dear, my dear friend Michelle has to say about how do you show up as your authentic self without crossing the line and using it as an alibi for you to just be a butthole. There you go. So we are talking about genuine authenticity and Val has made it clear what she wants to talk about. So of course, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but to help me keep Val from going off the rails is our very, very special guest star, uh, I know her as the Eartha Kit lookalike. Wait till you see this. Amazing. Uh, we've agreed that uh, the age range is not right for her to be either her daughter or her reincarnation. Uh, plus, her daughter is blonde. Uh, but uh, I believe there, there must be something going on. Uh, and, and so I have to say, I, I have a bit of a crush on our special guest right off the bat because I had a thing for Eartha Kit. She was my cat woman. And uh, Lola in Damn Yankees. Oh, so... Anyway, so whatever Michelle wants, Michelle gets. And uh, Val, I'll turn it over to you to tell me a little bit more about your good friend and our very special guest host. Well, Michelle is an international speaker, best-selling author, one of my sheroes. Michelle is, look, if you have Michelle Moross in your corner, deem yourself lucky. It is impossible to be in a bad mood around her. I've tried. She snapped me out of it. She, she, she has this unique capability to bring out in you that which you didn't even know was there. And I feel blessed that she has done that for me. I am blessed to call her a mentor, a friend, um, 
And this girl, like I only pretend that I can sing, this lady can actually sing. And so I'm just, I'm just, I love having all my favorite people in one spot. <laughs> so she doesn't need vodka to tell her she's a good singer? No, that would be me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, there you go. So if you got this lady in your corner, uh, you're doing great. With a black belt and her uh, saying, live unapologetically, if she's not in your corner, well, watch out, I think. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Michelle Moross. Am I saying it right? Michelle Moross. Michelle, welcome to the show. Santa baby. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm going to need a minute. Maybe a convertible to light blue. Yeah. Do you hear that, Blake? It's oh. like velvet. Sorry, who's Blake? Oh, that's me. I forgot my name for a minute. Thank you. <laughs> your kids, your kids must have been lucky for you to have sang them nighttime lullabies. Yeah. I did all the time. I, I'm, I And I'm a huge Mary Poppins fan, so I would sing all the time. And then as my kids grew up, they went, Mommy, there's someone on TV singing your song. I go, uh, no. Oh. That's Mommy singing their song. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love it. that. It's yeah. amazing. All right. Well, well, thank you so much for that intro, Val, because, wow. Oh, and you too, Blake. Oh, hey, I, I just picked up the rear there. But, yeah, that was a great intro. Val never introduced me like that before. You're something special, I think. So. <laughs> I haven't had an opportunity to introduce you. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, I'm excited to be on your show about authentic self because uh, it took me a good 49 years to find me. And so for those of you, you're in your audience out there wondering, you know, how do I find myself? I am myself, that kind of thing. It, it, it literally took an accident for me to find me. And as Val said, that's part of my, my magic is I see things in people before they see it in them. And no, it's kind of hard to be in a bad mood around me because I'm always in a good mood. And it all goes back to that accident that brought me to who I am now. I was not a happy-go-lucky uh I was like you, Blake. I was 389 pounds, upset, ticked off all the time. I, it just, I had a lot of bad habits. And honestly, I think I was slowly trying to kill myself. I just didn't know it. I just hated life that much. And I was working in politics, so. <laughs> doesn't help. That said, yeah, it wasn't helping much. But literally, a car accident in 2014 knocked some sense into me. I, I was stuck in my head for two years. And. I got to sit there with all my inner critics as they attacked me for everything I hadn't accomplished or all the things I, I wasn't doing in my world. And when I came out of that, I realized I'd never been me. I've been too busy being what everyone wanted me to be. And that's when I started developing this, you know, stop apologizing for who you are. Be unapologetic. Be the best version of you. But be unapologetic in that. But don't be an ass. No, you can be a wonderful person and still be your true self. Yeah. I don't treat anyone as I would, wouldn't want to be treated myself. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Well, that's well, an easy way to gauge it, right? You know, I think people tend to miss that sometimes is that if you're not sure how to be your best self, well, be the, be the person that you would want somebody to be to you. And, of course, the other one I'd like to jump on every once in a while is be the person your dog already thinks you are. I, that's, you know, that's, that's always a good one to, to gauge it as well. Well, and I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm, I, I do this, da, da, da. then be the person you would want your child to be. Yeah. 
It's a very good point. Because mm-hmm. you're always setting an example. You're always being the example. So be be the best example you can be. And then don't don't wonder later why your children and grandchildren don't end up being great people if you didn't set the right example. Exactly. So, I think that happens sometimes too. But Michelle, we're we're you know, all of all of us, male, female, it doesn't matter. We are all plagued with titles. Um, dad, grandpa, worker, husband, father, son, friend, neighbor, client, you know, all these things. And when you have all these things that are piled on you, these labels, these labels, labels, these titles, and you feel like that is who you are and you don't really know who you are outside of those titles, what would how do you how do you start? How do you start to find out who you are unapologetically outside of those labels? Well, as in my case, I was a military spouse. So in my mind, I'm the book of the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the electrician, the plumber. I do it all because my husband's always deployed. And then on top of that, I didn't have a name. I was Mia's mom or Matt's mom. I was always someone else's mom. No one even knew who I was. I didn't know who I was. So the first thing I always tell my clients, because I'm also a coach, is you need to get quiet. You need to get quiet enough to listen to yourself. And that's why I thought, you know, the whole COVID thing, 2020, was the best gift for a lot of people because we got stuck in our houses and we had to be alone. And that's the first thing I tell people is, you need to be able to be alone with yourself and know who you are. And they're like, how in the heck do I do that? So, well, here's a hard thing to do, but it will give you some perspective. I want you to write a eulogy from your spouse's point of view, your child's point of view, your best friend's point of view, and someone you work with's point of view. Have them and not write it as you in talking about them. Be in them using their words. And I'm telling you, by letter one, you're crying. By letter two, you're shaking. By letter three, you don't want to do it anymore. And by letter three, you're doing, I am not living to what I want to be. I am not living to what everyone else sees in me. And that's how you start. You start by seeing all the good in you that everyone else already sees. We are so hard on ourselves that we don't see what we are capable of. We're too blinded by the labels. And when I did that exercise for myself, after I came out of my comatose state, I realized there was so much more than I was giving to the world. And if you, than, than I was willing to give the world, I, I played small. Do those letters for yourself. Do at least one. And you will see that other people see you stronger, faster, better, happier, lovelier, whatever it is. Then you can see yourself. That's how you start. And then get quiet and find out what feeds your soul amongst all that? And then seek that. I love that. I, I'm, I'm going to sit down and write those letters as soon as we get done here. <laughs> it's just, I, you I love be, that. You're going to be crying, so you better have some napkins. or, or something. Yeah, No doubt. Uh, you know, I've taken many journeys of self-exploration over the last few years, and I always welcome new ideas to, to go deeper. And uh, that's amazing. I and mean, that is a real reality check on, on the life that you are, are living. Um, I want to twist it off in a little bit different direction and get things going. Um, my job here is to push Val's buttons, so I'm going to go ahead and hit one right now. Um, it's, I want to talk about um, speaking your truth, as we we're you know talking about. 
And for me, I find a lot of time when people are speaking their truth, and I don't just mean people who say I'm speaking my truth and then read from the script. I'm not talking about the fakers. I'm pe people who really are speaking their truth, um, whether that's political, emotional, whatever it is. People are getting, you know, there's a lot more of that in, in, in this woke society. We're speaking our truth. Sometimes we're speaking somebody else's truth as ours. But, you know, they mean it. But here's my thought on that is that speaking your truth is a temporary action. Um, as always, actions speak louder than words. And I think when we speak our truth, we're kind of speaking the truth of the moment, which is really maybe just our heartfelt opinion on the topic of the day. It's not really our truth. We're not really speaking through our soul about what's in front of us. Uh, and I think oftentimes our truth is tempered with what we're allowed to say, what's going to be acceptable, won't get us a backlash, etc. So I find that speaking your truth is a bit of a misnomer. It's a little bit of a falsehood. I think there's a bit of truth lacking in it. Living your truth. That's a different thing. That's a whole different ballgame. Because when you live your truth, then all your words are going to be filtered through that truth of your existence. Everything you say is really, truly going to come through from, from the soul. And I think people can tell the difference. I'm one of these people who gives more credit to humanity in general than, than some do. Uh, I know that as a whole, we can all be kind of dumb as people. We can be pretty stupid sometimes. But individually, we're smart people, and we can tell the difference. I think authenticity is much easier to read for, for all of us uh, than we give ourselves credit for. And I think because we don't give ourselves enough credit for that ability, we go along with things just because we think we ought to even though we know we're seeing the lack of authenticity in it. So I would love to hear uh, from you, Michelle and Val, both of you, you know, what, what's, what's your thought on that? Do you think speaking your truth is still uh, a valuable thing or do you think it's, it's, it's got to start from living your truth uh, in, in order for what we say to, to really come out in that genuine sense? Well, you know, well, Val knows what I'm probably going to say when you're living your truth, you speak your truth. And so Val's been on the stage where I'm, 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 I'm a speaker coach and I will say some brutally honest things, but when you're living your truth, when you say brutally honest things from love, they're not brutal. Mm -hmm. Right Val? I mean, you've seen me do it. You know what? This, 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 and this, and other people are like, Oh my gosh, I would have never said that. But coming out of me, it's acceptable. Why? Because I live my truth. So therefore, when I speak with any, any feedback of could, it could be, you know, not so positive or whatever positive, because, you know, I live my truth and I'm giving everything I give with love and with the idea and the hope that I am uplifting you to a whole nother best version of you in some way, shape or form, living and speaking your truth co-align. And that's where I love to live. And that's part of my be the best version of you, live unapologetically. Doesn't mean go out there and willy-nilly do whatever you want. And when you're in that moment, speak the truth and be brutal about it because people need to hear the truth. No, be the best version of you unapologetically. Is that living your truth at all times that people know that when you speak, you're speaking for the good of all man. I love it.
It's fantastic. Val, I know that, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to talk too much about the whole Will Smith thing because it's been talked about enough, but it's a wonderful example of this because, you know, some people say that he was being his authentic self. He was speaking his truth. Some say he was acting his truth because he actually got up and took an action that he came through. Uh, but then others believe that, that he wasn't living his, his authentic self. He, he wasn't living his truth. And a lot of that is, you know, the fact that in, in, in the cutaway, in the camera, when Chris Rock first made the joke, Will Smith was seen to clearly be laughing at it. And many people, especially those of us like myself, as you know, I come from a theater and comedy background. We know that the world is getting to be a dark, awful place because you can't make a joke anymore without somebody standing up and volunteering to have an issue with it. And it really wrecks it. It's like we're all afraid to laugh now. That's not a world I want to live in. And so I'm well aware of the fact that as a comedic performer, you know, Will Smith living his truth was to find that funny, to know that it was coming from a place of harmless humor, that it was it was meant as a compliment, if anything. And it was right. And then his view was twisted. And so for me personally, I do not believe that he was standing up acting or speaking his truth. He was betraying his truth. He was betraying his authentic self and acting in a way that he thought was appropriate. And of course, I temper that with saying that everything I just said is a moot point because I think the whole thing was a state publicity stunt. But apart from that, that was not anyone acting in that way. I think he was betraying his authentic self, betraying his truth and acting in the way that seemed appropriate for the moment, the crowd, the benefit of others. So here's what I heard, heard Michelle, and, and, and I have been on the other side of Michelle. Here's what I think the difference is for me. Um, when I've worked with Michelle in the past, and she's like, oh, Val, you know, change this round in your speech or do this movement different or whatever. I think it comes down to intent. Her authentic self, truly, who she is in her heart is her heart is to build others up and not tear, tear them down. So her, her, her being authentic and her helping me become a better coach or a better speaker has always come from a good place. Con conversely, let me just share this story with you. This actually happened to me. I was in a Starbucks. I was behind a gentleman who was just tearing the young girl, the barista, just ripping her a new one because he her his order was wrong and he's just verbally berating and raking over her over the coals and i could just see on her face how just horrified she was so my mom like i was old enough clearly to be this young girl's mom so my mama bear kind of kicked in and i was like hey dude you need to chill out because this isn't worth getting this upset over and it it's fixable. Like this isn't, you know, and he was like, hey, hey, look, I was just being my authentic self. I said, no, you were using that as an excuse to be an asshole to this girl. I was like, you need to check yourself. And if you don't, you're going to be on the other end of my check, which is a good right hook. That's when that authentic self thing pisses me off because it, his authentic self was not coming from a place of good and whole and kind. 
he was just being a boat hole because he could. And he, he knew that as a, a, a 40 something year old man, he could berate an 18 year old barista, you know what I mean? And could get away with it. Well, not with this mama bear. And so that's where, when I hear Michelle talk about, about being your authentic self, where is it stemming from? What is your intent? What is your goal on the other end of being authentic? And if you're just using that as an alibi, like I would, like I'm just a chihuahua, but I will gnaw at your ankles if I have to. Um, I don't know. Why do you guys? Val, you've heard me say this before. I say it often, actually, in a lot of my talks is embrace your toddler. Embrace that toddler mindset in you. We are not born to this world as evil people who are mean to other people. Watch children play. Children love each other regardless of shape, color, age. They don't care. We love each other. That's how we are innately built. For someone to be rude and crude to someone else, that is not your natural self. That is not your natural state. That is learned. And so when I say be your authentic self, I'm saying be the authentic, loving soul that you were meant to be, that you were put on this planet to be before things ingrained into you that you could be the ass that you are, you know, that kind of thing. Go back to that toddler who would see another kid fall down on the playground and they all rush to them and do, are you okay? Are you okay? Can I push you off? Are you okay? That's what we are. That's who we really are. We are meant to fall down and get back up. I say that when kids are learning to crawl, right? They get up and they start walking. They fall. They get back up. They fall. They get up and they help each other. Watch a room of, let's say, from 12 months old to 15 months old. Those babies will take care of each other through everything. I mean, they'll build pyramids with blocks to help the other one get to a bottle on the shelf. You know, so that's who we are. We are kind, loving souls by nature. And if someone says, I'm just being my, my, my true self and they're being a jerk, no. You're being the true jerk that you, that you intentionally want to be. It is a choice. I always quote Byron Katie. There are three types of business in this world. And I shift it to control. There are three types of control in this world. There is my control. There's the other person's control. And then there is God or the universe's control. And if I take out my anger or my frustration on someone else, the only one I have to blame is me. That is you. Only you can control you. But if you're trying to control other people by their actions and you're getting mad, get out of your sphere. Come back to you. I've had horrific things happen to me. And what I do is I, I, I try to control me first before I control the whole situation. So example, I fly a lot. And this past weekend, I flew out of D uh, Denver and I set off some alarm. And the security TSA person had to pat me down, not pat me down, feel me up. And I was losing my mind because as a teenager, I was, I was raped. So I have this really deep centered thing about people touching me. And this woman groped me in front of all these people. She triggered this, this emotional state in me. And I, I, I controlled me. I didn't scream at her though. I really, really, really wanted to. And I went through that experience. I could have let myself be my authentic self and rip her a new one, but she was doing her job. So instead, I internalized it and said, it's not her. This is me. These are the thoughts in my head. I cannot do this to her. This is me. I pulled myself back. I controlled myself. 
We can be the jerks if we choose to be, or we can be the loving souls we were meant to be. I choose the latter. Amen. I love it. So the question that I often hear in, in when I'm in the midst of a conversation about authenticity, um, and I'm frequently in them. Um, I was I used to be a confidence coach, and I still, obviously, you know, confidence is something we're all coaching. Uh, I used to do it very specifically, um, but I still do. Obviously, with COVID, a lot more people were feeling the urge to get, you know, in front of the camera and you know things like that. So I've I've, I've done a lot of that, and in that conversation, especially, we get into that um, uh, discussion of. Uh, authentic self and authenticity, the authenticity when you're on camera, letting your true self show through. And of course, confidence is built out of knowing and accepting, if not loving, your true self. The more you're in love you are with the, your real, true, authentic self, the less nervous you're going to be, the more confident you're going to be in any situation. In those circumstances, the question I most get asked is the most hilariously ironic question you can ever really get. And that is, and I will word it the way I have heard it worded a couple of times, which is the funniest of all. I have been asked straight out, how do you fake authenticity? <laughs> but normally people ask the question, how do you be your authentic self? Like if I, if I have a sense of who I am authentically, how do I, how do I put it out there? How do I let it be? How do I, you know, or as myself and my, my coach, mentor and friend, Rod McDonald says, um, when you're on camera in a situation like this, you try to be you plus. That's the idea is when you're when you're performing, which we are a little bit here, we're we're very real in this show, but there's still a performance element. We like to give people a bit of a show. So you be you plus. And that's just the old idea of, you know, when you're on stage and there's three balconies in the theater, the people up at the top paid for their tickets too. You got to make it big. You got to make it broad while still making it real. So, so there is that, you know, you're faking real element a little bit in theatricality and presentation. But let me put it to both of you. How do you be authentic? Not how do you fake it? Because <laughs> as I said earlier, I think people can tell the difference. But how do you tap into that and present it in a way that when you're finished, you feel like, Yes, I brought myself to the table. I brought my authenticity, my genuineness, my truth to what I just presented. And people can take it away as something meaningful and valuable. How do you be that and give that? Michelle, let's go to you first. Okay. I actually have a full training on this. And it's called Amplify Your Magnetism. And what I do is I, there's an acronym I use. I say SPAM, okay? S is for your song. I wasn't a very confident person several years ago. I would doubt myself. And so when I would go into networking groups, as outgoing as I am, I'm actually a bit of an introvert. I like to be alone. And uh, I would put a song on my head before going into a networking meeting. And I would go in and in my head, I would think, a very merry and birthday to you. Hello, do you? And I would go around the room and I'd have a song in my head that would keep me kind of smiling and peppy as I was saying, oh, hello, Val. A very merry and birthday. Oh, hello, Blake. To you, to you. So I would trick my brain into another emotion. And so that's the song. When you're going into a room and you're thinking, oh, sola mio, or dun dun dun, you know, whatever song is in your head, you're changing your perception. When you're in a car and you're in a bad mood and you turn on the radio and your favorite song comes on, what happens to your mood? Gone. 
right? You suddenly get peppy. So it's not faking it. It's tricking your mind because your mind doesn't know the difference. Put the song in your head that livens you up and you will be that energy that you put in your head in the song. You don't need to be able to sing. Have the soundtrack in your head and you've got it. The other part of it is that P is S-P-A-M, spam. P is that predator. I say predator because we all watch animals and we all have a favorite animal we like to watch. When I walk into the room, I embody, I say a panther. My husband says I'm a puma because I'm only five foot. But I walk in and I walk in with a song in my head and that cat strut. Watch any animal that you know and you, you admire. No animal walks into a room unless you're a dodo bird, I think, where you do, oh, 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 I'm so afraid. No, animals walk and they step and they step with meaning and they know they own the ground they step on. Embrace that part of you. The last one is that the, the A in that is the attitude. The attitude is no one's better than me. No one's worse than me. We're all on equal planes. We're just on different mile markers. And then the M stands for that magnetism. So song, predator, attitude equals the magnetism that you will be your best authentic self by embracing the things that you know are true. That I have a song that lightens me up. I have an animal that I respect that I can embody. And I have an attitude that we are all equal. And that will raise your energy. It will be your authentic self in your head. And once your brain sees it and feels it, that's who you are. There's no faking. That's who you are. That's amazing. Val, can you top that? <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> well, then just be your authentic self. No, I cannot. Uh, so my, my only, so I think when you try to fake authenticity, people are going to know it. Like they're going to smell it a, a mile away. Uh, I am not nearly as gifted as Michelle, so I am going to steal my point from Brene Brown from the gifts of imperfection. She's like the leader in vulnerability, and I mean, you know. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm going to steal her stuff. That's how I'm being authentic. Uh, she says authenticity uh, from the book: letting the world see who you truly are, your fears, your imperfections, and your quirks. And to me, that that's what it is for me. Yeah. Just like, amazing. hey, I'm 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 quirky. I, you know, I I'm not making fun of anybody because I know this disease can be debilitating. But I always make fun of myself. Like I have OCD. I have fun with my OCD. That's my little quirk. Everything in my house is Roy G. Biv. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But like. Like I can make fun of myself because I'm also secure with my quirkiness. Like not everybody has to alphabetize their spices, but I'm like, why wouldn't you alphabetize your spices? It makes total sense to me. So uh, that's what it is for me. But I, I, I like the spam. I wrote it down. That that makes sense. Um, 100%. Yeah, I think the in the transformation that I took on in my life, probably the most profound part of it for me, and you just tapped into it, you were just talking about it, was that I, I, I went from constantly feeling the need to 
defend myself or correct people or and any little criticism. And I mean, even, you know, quirky criticisms, like you say, people would, you know, it wasn't really a critical statement. They were saying they were giving me a, a little jibe, you know, a little ribbing, typical Blake, right? You know, or something like that. I would be defensive about that. And that's what happens when you have no grip on your authentic self at all. Now it's, you know, people sometimes even say Gumpy. You really want to be called Gumpy? Like, I got that's, that's, you know, everybody's got an interpretation of that word and none of them think of it as something flattering. It's kind of like, are you accepting that? It's like, no, no, I'm wearing that proudly because it, it is, it so encompasses so much of not only who I am naturally, but more who I became as I discovered my, my true self. I would never have accepted that a few years ago. And not even just because of, you know, the fact that it sort of does tend to in, in, in imply age. <laughs> you know, but any part of that, I wouldn't, I would have rejected it. I would have been insulted by it. I went, now I wear it proudly because it totally encompasses everything that I, it, it really is a moniker for my ongoing search for my true and best self. And it never stops. It never stops. You're always looking for it always looking for it. There's always, you always wake up every morning with a new inspiration for how you can be a better person, for how you can do things that are going to improve your life, improve your family's life, your home, your household, and the world around you. And if you're constantly doing that, I just, I can't imagine being more alive than being on an ongoing quest to see how you can go, you know, today I'm going to get one more person to say, man, you're a nice person. Man, I like you. I'm really glad I got to know you or meet you. That's kind of a big value point for me. And also, I like to go to bed every night going, I made somebody's day. Somebody else right now is going to bed going, that guy, man, he was so nice. He made me feel so good. He made me really happy. I just love the idea that I have done that. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's you, you really tapped on something for me with that, Val, is that it's, you know, when, when, you, when you can laugh at yourself, it's because you're laughing with yourself. It's because you're, you're the joy in you is welling up. And no matter what comes at you, you find it funny. Even when it's somebody li literally pointing out one of your foibles, quirks, or even worst faults. It's like, you know what? I can laugh about it. It's cool. I'm working on it. And I love that you know me well enough to know that about me. That's the way I look at critical input from people now. I love that you know me well enough to know that about me. And if you don't know me well enough, then I don't care what you said anyway. So... <laughs> I used to get offended when people called me a spaz because I am very, I'm quite hyper. I'm, I've got ADD before they ever knew what ADD was. And I used to be embarrassed by it. And I remember as a kid, I used to get in trouble for talking all the time. So I would try my best not to talk a lot because that's my bad thing. Oh, and me being really energetic, that was bad. And now that I'm in my 50s, it's like everything I hid from growing up, Everything I was afraid of and embarrassed of is my superpower. So if you're listening out there, your superpower is the thing you got in trouble for. What did you get in trouble for? I love that we can be authentic selves. And it's a freedom thing to be able to say, you know what? I'm loud. I'm proud. And, you know, I'm just who I am. Take it or leave it. I'm loud. I move very quickly. And that's why Val and I get along because we're like, hey, big, <laughs> and we don't hold back because when you hold back, that's that insecurity part of you, that hiding that real you. 
It's like, no, go ahead. You can call me a spaz because I am. Why? Because I'm a fireball and I can assure you I will raise the energy of any room that I come into because that is my intent. I don't want anyone in that room to be sad when you're in my presence. I want you to do, I want kind of my, my hyperness to come into you. So, you know, be you. And when someone says something about it, remember it, twist it in your head. If you start getting offended by it, twist it in your head. Well, thank you. I am loud. Or or they do, you're 50, what? I do, yes, I'm old and I'm loving it because it's better than the alternative. And <laughs> you know, those right. kind of things. Yeah. yeah. My, or in my, your my, case, Michelle you, and Val, both of you, you know, uh, yes, thank you for reminding me of my age that I don't look anything close to. It reminds me of how beautiful I am. So I don't I don't have that quite as much as you lovely ladies, but uh, I still look younger than I actually am because of the joy in my heart. It shows through in my face. Michelle, I was called a spaz, too, and my third grade teacher, I don't know if you know this story, she always used to call me Chatty Kathy. Apparently, there was a doll that just talked, 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 and in the third grade, I, I kid you not, I sat in every single chair in that classroom because she just kept moving me. Well, I was just like, well, who's my new best friend? Let's get talking, and, you know, this was in the 70s, and you could get away with saying this to children, but she would be like, little Missy, you are never going to get paid to run your mouth. And I think it is freaking hilarious that I am a professional speaker now. <laughs> yep. I wish she was alive. I, I don't know if she's alive. I wish I could find her and be like, hey, do you remember when you <laughs> used to tell me? Uh, but yes, I agree with all this. But I do. I have a very hard um and clearly I'm triggered by, by this. I just wish as a, as a society, we could not accept people saying, oh, I'm just being my authentic self for an alibi for their bad behavior. Yes. Like we need to shut that down as a society. And let me tell you, if you're the dude in front of me in Starbucks and you're ripping the barista a new one, I'm going to speak up. Yeah. Well, and I do the same, but I get, I come up very quietly and I, I, I'll, I use my radio voice and I come up to someone when they're doing that. I do, excuse me, are you having a bad day? I mean, I bring the tone completely different. I do, you know, it'll be, it'll be a better day. Let me buy that coffee for you. It'll be okay. And they do, they don't know what to do when you bring it the opposite. And as I said, your authentic self is never mean. Your authentic self is a toddler who loves everybody. So if you're out there and you say your authentic self is being rude, you're not your authentic self. You're, you're programmed for that. You yeah. can change that. Be the best version of you. I have to tell you, uh, Michelle, I, I, I did that tactic once a few years ago. I said to somebody, are, are you having a bad day? And they turned on me and I said, no, I'm not. And so I very quietly said, then may I ask you what right you believe you have? to cause someone else to be having one. <laughs> Drop the mic thing, yeah. Yeah, and it did. It did. It, you know, I really expected him to say yes, and then, you know, I was going to go that route of saying, hey, yeah, let's talk about it rather than scream about it. And they said no. And I just had to think for a moment. It's like, well, then, geez. Like, not that you had the right to scream at this person in the first place, but if you're, your day's going okay, really? <laughs> What right do you have to be stomping on somebody else? I love that comeback. That That's good. That person's going to have a bad day now. So yeah. The other I thing I wanted to say to Michelle, before I forget, is um, I, I want to suggest lovingly that maybe you alter your uh, acronym, uh, maybe change magnetism to zeal so that uh, your acronym is SPAZ. 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> Temple buyer's deal. Hmm, okay. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from Michelle, inner toddler. So we play all day. We can eat. We drink out of a sippy cup. And we nap. I'm yeah. totally on board for that. <laughs> well, I'm about a year short of getting a diaper back on anyway. So I'm, I'm heading in the right direction for this, I think, really. so. <laughs> but no, truly, if you love what you do, you're playing every day. I mean, as a speaker, yeah. as a coach, I mean, I, I work with the people I want to work with. I mean, you do the things you love. You're always playing. You are a toddler. I laugh. I go out and play in the rain. I mean, Val, we were out there splashing in puddles at one point because we love who we are. The toddler loves who they are, and they have no opinion or care what other people think about them. It's not until we're after, after seven or eight, we start looking at other people laughing at us. We do, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. And then we start getting really paranoid about what we're wearing and all. No. Either I, I'm comfortable. And as you were talking about earlier about, you know, we're all putting on a show when we're on, on, t on screen like this. But are we? We're being our best version of us now. But we're also still being goofy and we're still being vulnerable. So therefore, we're still authentic. And in the, world, the, the way the world works, we all have a three-second attention span. And in three seconds, all your audience looked at the screen and decided if they wanted to watch or not. If we came on with my bedhead, which kind of actually looks still like that, doesn't it, Val? Um, it still looks like this anyways. But if we came on in our sweats and whatever, people would look and do, well, they have nothing important to say, and they would leave. Yep. So therefore, we are dressed so that you, the audience, will stay. We have we to speak other you. people's truth a little bit first. Yeah, we have to, we we have speak to answer our own. That. Yeah, you do need a little bit of love at first sight when it's camera. So that then well, so you a, get the opportunity to let them get to know you a little better. I had a client uh, when I was in politics. She refused to dress anything better than her normal day. So she's wearing like stretchy pants and a big floppy shirt. She didn't have any makeup on at all. And she would be in front of people. I'm like, you need to at least put something on your face. You have to brush your hair, at least wash it. And you might want to put on a blouse that at least fits you in some way, shape, or form. And she said, I'm being my authentic myself. If they don't like it, then screw them. And I'm like, well, listen, you're representing them as a politician. Who is your audience? That is who you're dressing for if you are representing them. If you're representing yourself, go ahead, wear anything you want. But as a representative, who is your audience? So keep that in mind. We come on camera as you out there not as us. Very true. I think that perspective too. I think part of your authentic self is um, who do I serve? Right. That's, I mean, who, who I serve is a big part of who I am. Mm -hmm. So part of my authentic self is to have an understanding that you're who I'm here for. And this is part of what you want to see. This is part of what you need. This has to be part of who I am. Yeah. Here's um, a couple I'll billion dollars. You look like a hobo. Here, take it. No, you're not going to do it. <laughs> exactly. You got That's it. That's the part. I want to uh, share a quick story because you've, you've touched on this a couple of times, and I love this concept, and I have a beautiful story. Gumpy prerogative uh, to talk about my grandchildren. Uh, a few years back when we were still back in live school, you know, uh, my grandson, uh, who at the time would have been five, 
uh, was, uh, was his first year because we have a junior and senior kindergarten here. And so he was in school early. Anyway, he was there and he was trying to tell me something about his friend. And I was looking and saying, well, wh which is your friend? And I said, don't point. It's rude. But tell me which is which is your friend? And they were far away. So we couldn't quite figure out. Anyway, the, 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 the culmination of this story is he ended up in a frazzle of frustration trying to explain who his friend was and the reason for the, the, the inability to describe. It never occurred to him to refer to the color of their skin. He told me about their personality, the toys they like, like all these wonderful things that he discovered in their friendship to try and make me realize who he was talking about. And when I finally said, oh, do you mean the little girl with the brown skin? He's looking at me like I had three heads. What are you talking about? It, it didn't even happen. And I think, you know, young people are the only ones who can get away with saying that, that you know, I don't see color because they really honestly don't. They see joy. They see heart. They see soul. And, you know, I, I think that is such a big part about that conditioned behavior. We begin, we get conditioned to see those types of things, those labels when we're, when we're that age. That innocence is just, it's... I'm a military brat. That's how I grew up. Yeah. I grew up overseas at Clark Air Base, Philippines. And we did not see color. We saw the dancers. We had the, you know, we had the, you know, we had the dancers. We had the other people. They weren't colors. I didn't see color till I came to the United States and people were calling me a zebra. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. We're all kids. Oh, well, that, that the one thing we would point out is the people who were blonde with, you know, blonde with blue eyes were like, ooh, you're going to burn. That's all we knew. It wasn't <laughs> white, black, brown or anything. It's, oh, you're going to burn. You should put a hat on. You know, that was before sunscreen, too. So it's like, you better put a hat on. You might want to put on jacket. But that was the only thing that ever was a differentiator. You're going to burn. Yeah. And when I came to America, that's when I learned that there were colors and people were judging me from those colors. And so now one of my jokes is um, people like Michelle Moross, how do I find you? I do Google me. I'm everywhere. And there's only two other Michelle Morasses out there. And one's a tall blonde and one's a, a volleyball player. And I can tell you I'm the only brown one. And they do, what? I do, trust you, you're going to find me. <laughs> I'm the brown one. But yeah, it's, it's, it. it's different how we, we learn that. Yeah. But it, it, it's a differentiator, and it, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's just it is. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, the conditioned behaviors, if we could just avoid them. Yeah. You know, it's just so much better place. All right, I want to go whip around the circle and just ask for final thoughts. And then, Michelle, I want to invite you to let people know how they can get in touch with you, how they can reach you, uh, how they can, uh, you know, take advantage of your wonderful soul and your 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 great teaching. Um, so uh, just we kind of always do this little round the circle uh, final thoughts. Val, what's what's your kind of wrap up thoughts on uh, what we've been talking about today? Apart from the obvious that Michelle is amazing. What are, what are your other final thoughts on today's conversation? Um, I love how Michelle uh, very elegantly and eloquently uh, said that embrace your inner toddler. Like I had never thought about it in in that in in that format. Like when we were toddlers, there wasn't any hate, or we just all. So I I I love that. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to use that and adopt that in my own thinking. That was my biggest uh, takeaway. And, you know, we're still within the COVID thing, like, right, we're we're still within it, even though we want to tell ourselves that we're not. Um, and a toddler um, 
plays. And so I know for me, like I need to be more toddler and I can work myself to death because I have a very strong work ethic, but I need to play more. And um, that was my takeaway for today. Awesome. Um, Michelle, it's almost a bit redundant to ask you about what your takeaway was because you gave so much today. But uh, in the midst of the time that we spent here together, was there something that impacted you that you're going to go away with today that's going to brighten your day? Everything brightens my day. Uh, I, I really, everything brightens my day. Just being invited on brightens my day. Uh, just to see your faces brighten my day. And then to hear your story behind Gumpy and, and to know that Val and I were both, would have been best friends in elementary school because we were both chatty catties. catties. <laughs> and, but what I do, I do want to say two things. Um, I have a book that just came out, Hold My Crown, Women of Grit, Share Stories of Resilience. It's an awesome book. I got the matte color today. That's why I'm excited. But you can always, they can always find it through me or they can go to Amazon, but I prefer they get it through me and then I can sign it and get to know them. But I want to leave you with a quote by Maya Angelou. And it's all about being authentic. And this is how authentic I live. My mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor and some style. It's really the quote that runs my life. If I'm not smiling and laughing and giving compassion, and then I'm not living. So how are you living? That's what I'm giving away, and that's how I live. And thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Pleasure. Is there anything else you want to uh, let people know about as well? Obviously, your book, very exciting, and I will put uh, a link in uh, to your website. I assume that's where people can order their signed copies is through your no, website. No, they have to write me and ask for it. But oh, nice. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. Well, my other thing is you can find me anywhere. If you go to my website, which is my name, michellemoross.com, I also have a podcast called Denon and Pearls podcast. It's Business Casual with Pearls of Wisdom from the Porch. That's every Friday at noon on Facebook, YouTube, and any any of those platforms for po podcasts you can think of. I also have a TV show out of the Philippines called Mental Shift, and it's on TNC, the new channel. If you friend me or follow me on Facebook, you'll find it because I pop it up all there. I'm on Tuesday nights, but you can watch all the replays. I, right now, I am on hiatus from that show because I'm on the middle of my doctorate. I'm writing my doctoral dissertation, and I should be done by the end of July. So I will be Dr. Michelle Moross, and I'm getting my doctorate in entrepreneurology, which is the study of entrepreneurs. It's my world. It's to help business, small businesses and entrepreneurs be the best versions of them in order to communicate and bring out more of play and love and uh, amplifying everyone. And then the last bit is I'm traveling the United States and soon the world with a group called Amplifluence. It's a company I co-founded with two other friends. And... We are amplifying authors. Val was part of the very first one. And where we have authors, coaches, and speakers come together and share what they teach and share and learn, whatever they do, why they do it. And then we do a mover and shaker event where we introduce them to the people who move and shake the town, the, the influencers of the town, so that they can combine them and they can find their own speakers from inside of their own town instead of always reaching outside of their town. I've got a lot going on. Yes, indeed. I love it. Well, I hope after uh, you acquire that doctorate, you'll still be willing to come on uh, the show because I've always wanted to introduce doctor anybody. So. <laughs> I will be on. 
I will definitely be on. The doctor has nothing to do with the level of availability. There, there you go. It's just a further extension of your authentic self. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is a blatant plug. Michelle's um, latest book. Um, you can read it like my goal was to read like a story a day and like for for it to sustain me and lift me up and sustain me for a long time. Now, that's not how it went down. I binged read, binged read the whole thing. And one night I finally ended up being it was like two o'clock in the morning, which you guys know me. I'm not, I'm like in bed at 830. So that was a huge deal. But Michelle's story is the last story in the book. And by two o'clock in the morning, and now I'm 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 tired. And so my like I can just like Michelle, I ugly girl cried. Oh. To the point where my husband came down and was like, um, you you woke me up with your 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 crying, honey. Are you okay? I'm like it's just so beautiful that my voice got really high. <laughs> anyway, get the book. I would not, I, I wish I could do, I'm going to just, I'm going to, that's my summer project. I'm going to reread it again. But this day, but this time I'm going to just read like a, one yummy story at a time to, to sustain it. But I read it in one thing. Blake, you got, you got to read it, dude. You got to get in. it. I'm in. Let's say the, the reviews are stellar. I mean, yeah. stellar. We only have two four-star reviews, and one was the corner was bent when I got my book, and then the other one was on my Kindle. I can't get my print to get any bigger. All the rest of them were five stars. Yeah, yeah. we're changing lives. We're changing really, lives with this book. But Blake, have all the women in your life, especially, read this book. Well, the next one's Hold My Crown, King's Edition. Nice. Well, I'm getting the men's stories. I love it. Beautiful. Thank beautiful. you for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you so much, Michelle. You're a beautiful person, beautiful soul, and a beautiful lady. And it's been a real honor and pleasure to have you here. Val, as always, thanks for coming out to play. And thank you all for tuning in. We will be uh, back again uh, next week. Now, uh, next week, is it you're not going to be with us, Val? I, I can't keep track. She's she's going away. Some about a wedding anniversary or something. Uh, yes, I will be on a beach with a fruity drink and an umbrella and my sexy husband of 28 years. I have been able to convince a man to put up with my crap for 28 years. So. Wow. We will be celebrating. So apparently, be he's uh, apparently bills into Chatty Cathy's. I yes. Because seriously, girl, I love you, but sometimes I go, "Where's that string on your back?" Like, you know. <laughs> same. <laughs> well, you have a wonderful time, and everybody, if you can uh, still enjoy the show without Val, and believe me, I understand if you can't. But if you can, uh, come and join me. I will have uh, a, another guest host. Maybe I'll convince Michelle to come back next week and uh, co-host. Don't be taking my job, Michelle. <laughs> I've got enough. I've got enough podcasts and TV shows. It's good. That's right. There you go. Well, one way or the other, uh, we will be back. Uh, so in the meantime, please enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, remember to stay strong and keep smiling because you got this.